I'm like, I get to live another day, the blessing of life. You know, and for whatever reason, my story was that my soul needed to go through all of those things to get to the spot. I'm grateful for that, even though they were very, very, very painful. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. I want to take a minute to turn you on to an incredible product called Organifi Green Juice. If you're someone like me who's tired of spending 10 to 15 bucks on an organic green juice from the local fancy juice spot, or maybe you just don't want to sit and spend 45 minutes chewing up a giant salad to get your greens in, Organifi Green Juice might just be for you. It's loaded with nutrients and super easy to use. All you do is add water, drink it up, and let your body soak up the benefits. Of course, it's USDA organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, non-GMO, with clinically improved ingredients, and of course, 100% organic whole food. Here's what's in the Organifi Green Juice. It's incredible. The first ingredient that I love is Moringa. This has been part of the Ayurvedic medicine wheel for over 4,000 years. It's also got a clinical dose of ashwagandha, another important Ayurvedic herb. It's an adaptogen that helps decrease cortisol. In today's trying times, that's really important. It's also got chlorella, a single-celled freshwater algae, which is nutrient-rich, high in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. It's especially high in chlorophyll. It's also very alkalizing and detoxifying. The Organifi Green Juice also contains spirulina, beets, turmeric, mint, wheatgrass, lemon, and coconut water. All 11 superfoods work together in a symphony of incredible energy boosting and detoxifying benefits. All I know is this stuff tastes delicious and prevents me from having to spend so much time and money to get these nutrients into my body. So here's what you do to get your hands on some Organifi green juice. Go to Organifi.com slash lifestylist. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Organifi with the Y. Organifi.com slash lifestylist and use the code lifestylist on that site to save yourself 20% off any item in the store. Listeners of this show want to take charge of their health and wellness. They're people who are seeking and striving to do all the right things for their body to give them more energy, better sleep, a healthy immune system, and to improve their personal performance and gain the vitality needed to live longer, better, healthier lives. I don't know about you, but that fits me 100%. Here's the thing, though. It gets confusing out there, right? There's a barrage of bias, misleading, impersonal information that creates a lot of doubt and confusion, which obscures your way forward. There are just so many experts out there, including the ones on this show that are making universal recommendations without you really knowing what your body needs specifically based on thorough biomarker testing. So as a result, people often lack three important things to help them get a clear picture of what their body looks like on the inside, a clear measure of whether their diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting, and a clear idea of who or what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. This, my friends, is exactly what Inside Tracker has been designed to solve. They offer folks like us a clearer picture than we've ever had before of what's going on inside your body. These guys provide an ultra-personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. 
I just did the testing and uh, it illuminated quite a few surprising facts about what's going on inside this body. It's pretty incredible when you really see in front of you in a concrete way what your body needs. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, they analyze your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on and to offer you science-backed recommendations that are ultra-effective for your diet and lifestyle. So once you've done your testing, Inside Tracker tracks your progress and makes recommendations based on what they find. So if you're ready to stop guessing about your micronutrient, mineral, hormone, and DNA status, Inside Tracker has the solution. And for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Luke and start your journey into quantifying your body's performance. Again, that's insidetracker.com slash Luke for 25% off. Today's show is one of incredible inspiration, especially for those with chronic conditions like Lyme and cancer, as our guest Freddie has lived through both and not only lived through them, but continue to thrive and also inspire others to do the same. Freddie Kimmel is a functional health coach, Reiki healer, certified personal trainer, gut health specialist, and proud cancer survivor. He helps men and women eliminate brain fog, bloat, and belly fat through gut health. He's also been seen about town in publications like the Wall Street Journal, the Full Plate Podcast, an excellent example of being human, state of the arts on LA Talk Radio and Dance Magazine. Freddie's got a Bachelor of Fine Arts from SUNY Brockport, attended SUNY Fredonia, and is a graduate of the Institute of Functional Health Coaching. You can find Freddie currently living life to its fullest here in sunny Austin, Texas. Well, at least it's sunny for the time being. He's focused on creating more value than what he captures in the world. Incredible guy. We've become friends as a result of doing this podcast and uh, someone I'd like to continue to spend time with as he is just a ball of positive energy. Here's the skinny on Freddie's incredible story of healing and transformation. And let this be an inspiration to all who currently feel hopeless. We talk about Freddie's story of surviving cancer, his mold illness and how he healed it, his experience with Lyme disease. Emotional trauma playing a role in his illnesses, the various tools and modalities he's used over the years that were worth the time and money, the mindset and attitude advice he relays to people still suffering from illness, how he discovered the amp coil and exactly how it works. We also discuss a number of different far out healing devices like Rife machines and Freddie shares his favorite amp coil journeys and why figuring out how to use the detox and pathogen frequencies of the amp coil. We also go over some really impressive before and after results based on an amp coil session we did just prior to recording. It improved my HRV score and had a balancing effect on my brainwaves. Pretty incredible stuff. For this reason, I continue to use the amp coil personally ongoing, as does my mom and even my fiance, Allison. I've also done three prior episodes on the amp coil because I just find this thing to be so incredibly fascinating. You can find those on episodes 98, 173, and 174 respectively. We'll of course link to those in the show notes. I'd like to add that if you or someone you know is struggling with Lyme or other persistent illnesses and you want to explore the amp coil discussed in this episode as a tool of healing and regeneration, you can find it at my.ampcoil.com slash Luke dash story. We will of course put that link in the show notes. And I'd also like you to know that Freddie has worked out a nice and very rare discount for listeners of $250 
which will be applied in the cart at my.ampcoil.com slash Luke dash story. Okay, all of that housekeeping out of the way, let's get into some frequency technology and learn how to be persistent and resilient in life with Freddie Kimmel. Please do share this episode far and wide if you feel so inspired. Freddie, that was a super cool experience that we just shared. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us what we just did. Well, we just did a session on the amp coil technology, which is pulsed electromagnetic field and frequency delivery. And essentially, we had software that lives on a tablet, pre-programmed software. And what you and I just did was a journey called Brain Reboot, which is 15 minutes of resonant frequencies to complement our brain health. And that software went from the tablet through an amplifier, through a modified Tesla coil and into our energetic field. And as a result, my brain feels great. (laughs) Mine does too. I kind of just want to meditate and not talk. How's that going to work out for a podcast? What about the quantification? And for those listening, uh, I did post the IGTV of the Instagram live we just did where we did a before and after in between the uh, amp coil session. But I think that this other software you had that does the quantifying was really fascinating. I have not seen that. So that was very cool. What was up with that part? Yeah, we did a system called HRV vital scan. And what that does is it looks at 300 heartbeats over four to five minutes And it's going to divide those heartbeats into three separate frequency bandwidths. And from that information, we're going to look at what Luke's nervous system is doing. So we scanned you before and we saw your nervous system is in amazing shape. You're a biohacker who's doing a lot of things right. And then, of course, we did the intervention. And what we saw in yours actually is, is the division between those three different frequency bands of heartbeats. It really evened out. So you got this awesome, almost peace sign looking metric on that software data. And what it tells me is, is that your nervous system entrains and responds very well to frequency. That's one thing we can look at. The other thing that we saw was, is because it has ECG in there as well, we can look at predominant brainwave states. So we saw all your brainwave activity lift up. You know, we saw theta increase, we saw beta increase. And I'll give you screenshots of those so you can kind of post those on cool. Instagram. We'll put those in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really with, with uh, technologies that are in the realm of energetics, magnetics, frequencies, um, all this kind of stuff, it's, it's harder to quantify. And so you just often feel subjectively better, right? Or you had some yeah. symptom of something going on. You're like, wow, the symptom's gone, but... And you have placebo and you have so many variables that could account for the changes. So I think it's really a great intervention to have something like that where you can test anything like tomorrow when we go over and get the new Morosco Forge ice bath installed at the house. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing a before and after of cold exposure and seeing what that does. So now, of course, I want one of these freaking things because <laughs> I want to test everything I do. As we're as I was sitting there getting tested, I'm like, "Ooh, I wonder what you're happy. Wonder what's happening in your brain and nervous system when you're on DMT or meditating or after breath work or whatever." Not even you know, withstanding the different uh, technologies and stuff. But uh, that said, I want to jump into your story, and there's mm-hmm. so much stuff I want to cover with you. 
your story is epic and one that I'm sure on one level you're like sick of telling, but I don't think I've actually talked to someone or not many people who have had serious life-threatening illnesses and been able to, within their own sovereignty, take responsibility for their health and their lifestyle and overcome them. So I definitely want to cover that, but I want to save a lot of time to talk about the different modalities and stuff. So I'm saying like a medium truncated version, because I'll start asking a bunch of questions and it'll take us four hours. So I'm going to let you get through it. But from what I know about you, you have overcome cancer, arthritis, Lyme disease, and mold exposure, just for starters. So I think the first one, uh, the diagnosis was testicular cancer. Yeah. Uh, which for the men listening would probably be the the worst. <laughs> you know, I think that would be perhaps the scariest. What was that like when you discovered that? And what were some of the steps along the way to being sitting here with me as a healthy guy? Yeah, it is a story, and I and I will I will tell the truncated version. You know, as a man, like you said, it's one of the scariest things in the world. The diagnosis of cancer. Uh, came as a result of me ignoring certain symptoms that were happening in my body, chronic pain for almost three years before. And I had actually found in a self-examination a very, very small nodule on my left testicle. And at the time I was 26 years old, I went and saw a doctor and this practitioner said, you know, cancer isn't painful. Don't worry about it. It's probably just an infection. And I took that information and I just ignored it. I probably waited four months. Cut to the fact where I wake up in the morning, I can barely stand and I'm hunched over and I stumble into the emergency room. And after about, goodness, almost a seven and a half hour day of seeing urologists from the ER, different scans, sonograms, I find myself in a room. This is the craziest diagnosis story ever. And I'm sitting on a table and I passed out because I was so tired. And you know, the stress of being in a hospital all day. I had a doctor walk into the room with all of these attendees behind him. There's like five people and they don't look at me. And he turns to the attendees and the doctor's reading off a clipboard. And he said, this is a male with advanced testicular cancer. And that's how I heard that I had um, that disease state. And it was like one of those one of those moments where the room goes totally dark. You know, have you ever been at a really noisy pool party in the summer where there's like kids screaming and music and you get pushed in the pool and the sounds like, zoom. that's what, that was like this moment of eternity. And I'll never forget that, that, and I, I ran out of the room and I, I called my dad, you know, I had to tell my dad at 26 years old, uh, that I had cancer. I was so, for some reason, there was a lot of shame. I was like, oh my God, I knew about this four months ago. I was so irresponsible. I didn't follow the proper um, protocols of following up. And I and I was, was immediately on a plane home to my parents' town. I'm flying back home to mom and dad. We go straight to the emergency room and it's like surgery and a diagnosis, they found that the testicular cancer had spread to 11 tumors in my abdomen. So I'm sitting there in a hospital bed, 26, and I'm looking at the screen with all these spots all over it. And it's 
in, incredible. I don't know how I'm making it through at this point, but it was just a surreal experience of just having reality hit you like wave after wave after wave. And they said, listen, Freddie, you've got a tumor growing around the vena cava going to your heart around your left kidney. This is metastatic cancer. We're going to, we're going to do everything we can to save your life. I had wonderful doctors. You know, I had a doctor that was, we wheeled into that first surgery. He literally sat me down. He slapped Lance Armstrong's book on my lap and he just grabbed my hand. He's like, you are not going to die. You're going to be great. And I trusted that doctor. I remember those words. They were like, boom, like a movie in your mind. And that walked me through all the chemotherapy you could do for this cancer. When we looked at everything, when we were done, the cancer wasn't gone. They said, great, we got a plan B. We're going to cut from sternum to pelvis. We're going to take out all your organs. We're going to clip away the cancer in your lymph nodes. We're going to put everything back. We'll zip you back up and you're going to be good to go. And I went through that experience and it was, you know, waking up from something like that, that surgery, you, it was one of those moments you really have this, again, hit by a brick wall. (laughs) I am a mortal human being. I woke up and I was in so much pain. It was, it was beyond, beyond. And I was incapacitated. I couldn't walk. I had tubes in my mouth, tubes in my penis. Everywhere there's a tube that there's a hole. Intravenous, intravenously fed food, you know. And that experience went on for 10 or 12 days in this emergency room situation. And it was in that state that I was, this is an amazing story. I'm going to sum it up for the cancer experience. I'm surrounded by my family. I think it's 12 days in this um, state of having tubes everywhere. I'm watching people come in and out of the room. It's a total haze. And I have a doctor walk in and says, Freddie, you're cancer free. You, you know, you've, you've, you've totally beat the odds. My whole family's around me. Everybody's crying. You know, it was like one of these things, if you can imagine being on the top of Mount Everest. And, and that was, that was the cancer experience that was going forward. At this point, this is where I imagined my brain, you know, living at home again, learning to walk, learning to shower that I'm going to call Oprah and I'm going to write a book and I'm going to be that, I'm going to be that poster child for testicular cancer and everything's going to be great. And that wasn't my experience. My experience was, is that all that scar tissue from that surgery started to grow back really quick. And so I would find myself every two months, every four months rushed to the emergency room where they would be cutting open my belly again, taking out a foot of small bowel, stitching me back up. And this went on. This is like 2007. I had surgeries up to 2015. So you can imagine the trauma and the chronic pain and the fatigue that goes along with putting your body through that much. I, I, through this time, it was discovering that I had Lyme disease. I had a horrible mold exposure. I had high Epstein-Barr. I had mercury toxicity. As you do, you start trying to put together all these pieces of why my body keeps falling back into dysfunction. So it it was this incredible road of discovery and really starting to look outside of what the allopathic medicine model was offering me 
and starting to go to the fringe. And, and that's why we're sitting here today because we have a lot in common about the biohacking world and oxygen and breath work and plant medicine and all these things that I did were out of necessity just to be able to be here in a chair with you having a conversation. Wow, dude. So at this point, I mean, based on the amount of output you do with your coaching and content creation, your podcast, uh, you have hella energy since we've been here today. I mean, are you on paper totally free of all of that pathology or, or you know, what's your clean bill of health look like yeah. just based on your life or how you feel? Or could you go to a, a Western doc right now and they'd say you're totally perfectly healthy? Yeah, I'm I'm stellar. My blood work's stellar. I'm totally cancer free. I can't find mold in my blood or any Lyme. I continue to look at all these biomarkers, and I think I'm down to to two medications. Where at one time I was on twelve to thirteen. You know, I, I, there was a time when I would go home for Christmas and I would bring two Wegman's bags as a grocery store in upstate New York of supplements home to my parents for Christmas vacation. And I can really, I have this little pill case that's like, has like six, you know, that I can just sort of live my life. And that's all been through um, self-experimentation as a citizen scientist. You know, I figured a lot of this stuff out on my own. What two medications are still necessary? I inject testosterone because oh. I because you want to feel awesome because <laughs> I want to feel awesome well when you cut off one testicle that diminishes it and then if you do a certain amount of chemo that can also shut that other organ down um, it's something that I totally believe I can biohack I think I can fix that I haven't I just haven't gotten there yet I've tried to stop it a couple times and it's just really challenging you realize what a powerful hormone that is in a young guy yeah you know yeah so that's that's one of them um and then I do a, I do a little bit of LDN. It's called low dose naltrexone. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's actually a you know at fifty milligrams, it was a medication that people use for addiction, and then they found at micro doses like like 0.5 milligrams up to five milligrams, some a little bit higher, that it can have this really nice balancing effect on the immune system and energy. I found it was really great for the time that I went through the mold and overreacting to the environment, I would have patterns of inflammation come up. So it's just been something that I've kind of dabbled with and, and still continue to take, but that's about it. I mean, those are medications that I would take. <laughs> I thought you meant like there's some chemo pills you're still taking or, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the acute mold exposure. Cause I just did a show. It, it will have been published uh, actually no, it already was published. What am I talking about? Yeah, it already came out. I did a mold show finally after five years uh, that was really brought about by having some mold in this house that I just bought here mm -hmm. and uh, you know, wanting to, of course, get rid of that before stepping foot in there. Uh, but it uh, sounds like yours was quite acute. What did that look like? And what were some of the physical effects? And how did you eventually um, figure out that that was adding to the overall burden of toxicity? Yeah, it was it was not so long ago. This is about 2017 that I bought my first home in Union City, New Jersey. And I lived there for about a year and I would have this experience where every time it would rain, I would get, I'd put in this, I'd, and of course, like you, I had redone the home. I ripped out the floors and put in bamboo. I had my 
Murphy beds that flipped up. So I had yoga studios and a place to record the podcast. When it would rain, I would, I would get water leakage underneath the floorboards. And this kind of went on for an hour. And I, and I, hired, I had so many contractors over to look at it. Nobody could find these leaks. Of course, it's an apartment building, so it's problematic. My walls are somebody else's walls. I only have control over the little space. And I started to become where I had, where I achieved a decent level of like robust health and energy. I started to have these weird symptoms come back. I felt like I lost ground with food sensitivities. I started to become more fatigued, looping thoughts. You know, I really, it didn't add up because I had been doing a lot of tools, a lot of biohacking at that point. And eventually I was standing in the kitchen one morning and I had these contractors and I said, you know what, just rip open this wall because I think there's water behind that wall. And I was standing in my kitchen and as they were cutting open the wall, (laughs) this birthday cake cloud of mold like erupted into the room when they opened it. And both contractors looked at me and they said, get out. And of course, as, as I was telling you before, at the time, my, my, other, my other side of my life, my career had been in New York City doing music theater, performing, singing, and dancing. I was in this show called Cagney the Musical at the time. And I was a standby for the lead. So I had to go on and do this part that day. I was actually doing the part all weekend. And I stood there and knew, knew I had to be on stage for like six and a half hours that day, back-to-back shows, Saturday double. And I continued to make my breakfast to make my smoothies and to do the thing in that mold. I knew better, Luke, but it was one of those things that my brain just wasn't working. So I got to the theater and started to get in a costume. I get up on stage and I'm having these micro seconds where I'm looking at people. This is a show I'd done for 17 months and lines weren't coming to me. Now, nobody in the audience would know this. They were microseconds, but it was like I'm having these Alzheimer's moments throughout the day. And after that situation, after that initial exposure, uh, my health just started to tank. I could no longer go into some mold exposure, what it felt like in my body. If I walked into Target and was in the fluorescent lights and I'd walk down the aisle of cleaning supplies, I would cry. I would be so sensitive to the chemicals. I actually saw a really good, I saw a really good family friend in Target one time and I was like bawling. (laughs) They're like, you know, I'm buying paper towels. I'm buying cleaning supplies. I'm trying to get bags to get all my clothes in. And I just had no control over my emotions. My skin erupted with all these like, you know, I had like acne on my legs. Um, Incredible depression, incredible mood swings. I always say God bless um, my partner at the time, Allie, who was with me because she just bore the brunt of this, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, I would just have these terrible, um, almost like rage. You know, my brain just wasn't working. And I saw so many mold specialists. You know, I paid to see the best doctors around New York City and did all the tests. You know, I did a mycotoxin test where they measure your pee, Great Plains laboratories. And I had all of these mycotoxins like eight times the normal limit in my, in my urine, which tells you that there's an active um, colonization in the body. Whoa. Yeah. So it's not just the exposure. It actually got in your body and, and grew. You can have colonies in your nasal cavity 
almost like a almost like a mothball that's recolonizing through the body. People what? don't really realize how oh expansive these cavities are in the nasal passage. And so the mold levels weren't going down. And I was doing heavy, heavy pharmaceuticals. I was doing ampotericin, ampotericin B, like these nasal flushes. My nose would bleed because it was so volatile and so terrible. And it's it's kind of around this time, this mold exposure, you know, I and I was using all the tools that I had. I had an ozone machine. I had an infrared sauna. I imagine that I probably would have been hospitalized if I didn't have these tools. And I've had people tell me that, that the levels of mold, they couldn't believe I was functioning or, you know, singing and dancing at the time. And it was around this time that I was just, you know, I was, I was walking on a treadmill at the gym, trying to clear my thoughts. And I had this podcast pop up from the Better Health Guy. And it was about a technology called Amp Coil. And I just remember listening to all these theories about frequency and magnetics and bioresonance. And, and I actually, I, I got off the treadmill, I pulled out my credit card and I walked to the corner of the gym and I bought it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was just so, I was so desperate for something to help my body and my energy was so low. And they kept talking about energy and magnetism and what magnetism does for the smallest unit in the body, the cell. And I was just feeling each step on that, on that, it was actually a Stairmaster, truth be told. It was so hard and arduous that I, I felt like I was in real trouble. You know, I was really at a point where I was just, I was just scared. So um, that was a huge turning point for me. And it really, it was inner, it was an intervention that I did within like three months, my energy and access to word recall was back to normal. Wow. Wild, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm familiar, as you know, with the Amp Coil. I've had one for a few years. Sure. Did a couple of shows with the founders um, a few years ago now, actually, because I'm kind of coming up on six years of this show. Uh, so some people will have heard of it. Some people mm -hmm. will not. But when I found it, it was mostly known for Lyme disease. And I want to get into that in a moment. But I was unaware that there was anything in the frequencies there that would assist with mold. Do you think that was like, what programs were you running and how was that, um, you know, improving your vitality so that your body could then deal with the mold exposure? You know, there, everything, the, the, what I've come up with, cause this is all new to me. It's, it's only, I bought my amp coil two years ago. And as much as I was a functional medicine health coach and a cancer survivor and a biohacker, understanding and getting into this world of vibration and frequency was very new. So it seems like this, you know, when I think of frequency, I think of Star Trek, like you're going to hold a tricorder over somebody's kidney and you're going to heal it. You know, like there's this ray. And what I've come to understand is, is that, and it sounds so, it sounds sort of cliche is that everything is frequency. Everything's a vibration, you know, the microphone or the wood or my pants or the knee or my teeth. It's all just a different oscillating pattern. And even the space between us is a different oscillating. It's a different vibration and it's all connected. So you could look at something like mold or a sore knee as a distortion. It could be like a distorted frequency. Another cool way to think about it is like an orchestra of a hundred instruments, you know, and you have this horrible out of tune tuba. <laughs> like you don't kick the tuba out. You're like, you leave, you suck. 
Now you'd give him some direction, maybe you'd tune up the instrument and then you've got a beautiful sound again. So that's the way I look at it. That's the way I've, I think about it and understand it and have, have really found um, clarity around what it is. And so mold has a frequency, it's got a resonance. And in the human energetic field, it's a distortion. So we would want to give that distorted frequency. We want to harmonize it with a good one. And the other thing that, uh, you know, I've come to understand is like what drives our body are our organs and organ systems and cell to cell communication. You talk a lot about this with light, that cells communicate through light and we can measure the light coming off the body with like GDV photography. If you, if you've looked at all that, there's a device called, um, uh, I think it's BioWell which looks at the energetic print of the body, but it scans it because, and it looks at it and can have an image because we give off light. So knowing how the body communicates through light and bioresonance and vibration, and that all the organ systems need to talk to each other. I think the cool thing about the coil, what I started doing is, and I'm as guilty as the next person of opening a box and not wanting to read the directions and wanting to push play. So I, I've got to be honest with you. When I started using it, I was just playing journeys. <laughs> not in the right order, not following directions. But I remember playing the album that is labeled Organs. And so I would, I would know that with all my surgeries and stuff and my trend towards stagnation, I would play liver, you know, the song for liver or gallbladder or large intestine. So I started doing that or heart, you know. Um, I would started doing that a lot. And then I would just... On this um, software menu, if you will, there's journeys that complement a different state of being. So relax all. You know, that's the biggest thing for me with, especially in that state, my nervous system was fried. And I felt so, I felt like I didn't have anywhere to turn. You know, there was not a person that I walked into their office and said, I've got mold. There was no compassion. There was no understanding. It was very much like, you know, it's very interesting and we'll totally, I'll promise I'll bring us back on track. This is what I started doing, but you have this incredible experience of going through cancer and it's like people want to show up at your house and fill your refrigerator with food and they want to drive you to treatment and they want to, you know, the phone calls and the emails, but with mold and Lyme and these chronic illnesses, you're like the walking wounded because you look normal, right? I was performing at a very high level. I looked fine, but on the inside, it was like I was dying. You know, trying to tie, I remember there was one experience where I tried to tie my shoes and I held my shoelaces for like two minutes. I just held the laces. I was like, okay, something's bad here. <laughs> my brain just wasn't like, go forward to the next step. So it was really like these moments of like mini dementia that I was experiencing. And so this back to the coil, me using it, it was just me using it like 60 minutes, 75 minutes a day, hour and a half a day that... I just started to have more energy. In fact, so much so that I used, I overcoiled when I first started using it. I got too much energy. And I remember having this being like kind of like a little manic at points, you know, but again, so excited to have voltage and charge in my body and be able to take a walk all day. I used to say I had the magic window of energy with a cup of coffee that I had clarity and I could feel it like almost go away. You know, that was the one thing that got my brain going. But now I feel really good all day long to talk and converse and engage. And, and like you said, I do a podcast. I help run Amp Coil. Um, I help other human beings who are struggling. I volunteer myself at senior centers and I sing for old people, all the things. So it's, it's been one of those 
it's been one of the modalities that I just think has a seat at the table. You know, not the only one. I mean, we can talk about programmatics and how many things you and I both use and do that make us feel very robust, but it's something that I'll never be without. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Well, 2020 was a wild-ass ride, wasn't it, folks? Uh, Wow, what a challenging year for so many people, and uh, I would say the human civilization at large, right? Uh, Without taking any positions on that, you know what I'm saying. Shit was crazy. So in 2021, I'm focusing more and more on my mental health and physical wellness and energy than ever before. In fact, uh, one of my non-negotiables when it comes to making sure that I keep myself on track is getting my daily dose of healthy light. So I spend as much time as possible safely, of course, in the sun. But in addition to sun, for years now, I've been using Juve Red Light Therapies to make sure that I'm getting as much of that healthy light into my life as possible. So you probably heard me talk about Juve before. It's spelled J-O-O-V-V. I'm using this technology all the time, and I've seen some incredible benefits over the years. So when it comes to skin elasticity, collagen production, mitochondrial function, stress and workout recovery, uh, improvement to circadian rhythm, melatonin production, testosterone production, red light therapy, when done correctly, like Juve is doing it, has some incredible and absolutely scientifically validated benefits. So this is not like speculation, woo woo, shine this red light on you and magic happens. There are literally thousands of white papers to support the efficacy of red light therapy in your life. So if you're ready to check it out, here's what you do. Very simple. Go to juve.com slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V.com slash Luke. If you're going to hook up some of the generation 3.0 devices they just put out, you can get yourself a discount by entering the code Luke. So go to J-O-O-V-V.com slash Luke, enter the code Luke at checkout, and enjoy that red light. And now, back to the interview. Uh, we were talking before the recording, and uh, for those that weren't there, such as everyone listening, I had to choose a certain number of things, you know, toys, tools that I could bring to the apartment while we're working on this house out here, and... Um, Thankfully, the amp coil, this version, for those watching, if we end up zooming out to camera A, you can see it right here beneath my feet. But uh, I thought, all right, well, I, don't, I only have room in this apartment for a couple of things. I got to fit me, Allison, the dog, the cat. I can't like bring all my stuff. Where back home, I had this uh, little cottage in the backyard called the Zen Den, and I would keep all my stuff out there. So I couldn't bring the hyperbaric chamber. Uh, I'm about to get a float tank. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) The ice bath, can't do that. That's over the house in the backyard. Uh, So I thought, well, what are the things that I would actually use on a daily basis that Mm -hmm. I would miss? And it was like the amp coil, the higher dose PMF mat. Um, I have a couple juve units. So I I brought the smaller one that like hangs on a closet door. Um, And I think that's that's pretty much it. Those, mm-hmm. those are the things that I felt like I really needed to support this very potentially stressful time, which I'm transmuting into a really fun and exciting time, but it's a lot. There's a lot because I'm working and all that. And uh, yeah, I can. Honestly, I would be really bummed without the amp coil. Mm-hmm. I got the biocharger, which I love too, but yeah. it's really big and I just didn't have room yeah. for it. So that's at the garage in the house and We'll be put together soon. The construction guys like keep walking by. What is that thing? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> when I get it hooked up and you guys are tired, come see me and I'll blast your cells with a bunch of energy. 
but yeah, I agree, man. It's just, it's one of those innovations that um, is uh, just part of uh, a day-to-day practice, you mm-hmm. know? And, and when I got mine, I did much the same way. I just wanted something that would calm my nervous system down. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Lyme disease. I didn't have parasites, mold, any of the other things that it's really useful for. I just noticed the very first time I used the amp coil, I happened to be in a extremely excited fight or flight um, state at the time. I was going through a lot of emotional turmoil around a relationship and I drove way out to the valley uh, where someone owned one. And I don't even know what um, journey she ran for me, but I just know I went into like the deepest theta relax space mm. for a couple hours. I mean, it was, I got really knocked down, I think, because I was in such bad shape. And from that moment on, I was sold. But then when I found out that it had so much to do with the Lyme community, mm-hmm. and uh, as I've told you and talked about on the show, uh, my mom, we think, has had Lyme for a very long time. I'm not exactly sure at this point I want to get into that. But that's when I really became invested and I started going up to the Amp Coil Summits they used to have in Tahoe. And I was like, is this thing real? Because like, it's really hard to handle Lyme. Like most mm. stuff that people try doesn't work long-term. People do ozone, they do, you know, rife um, generators, this kind of stuff. But I've met very few people that are like, yeah, I had full on Lyme and now I don't. It's just kind of one of those mm. things people really struggle with. Um, going to those summits and meeting so many people not affiliated with the company at all, but just there to like celebrate and shout from the rooftop that, they had been sick for five years, for four years, for 10 years, couldn't work, got divorced. Like their whole lives have been decimated by this particular um, illness and they're living their best life. And the only thing they did differently was putting this freaking magnetic coil on themselves every day mm. and running these different frequencies. So that really got my attention. Mm. Um, which brings me back to, it's like your story, your story of, I don't call it like surviving these things because you're very much thriving. Like your story of thriving through the cancer, through the mold uh, and, you know, the arthritic conditions that came with all of that and all the pain and all the meds and all the stuff you've been through. I mean, it's really quite incredible. But I think one of the ones that's most fascinating to me is the Lyme part. Like talk about having to have the mental and emotional fortitude and attitudinal prowess to make it through cancer and be like, woohoo, I'm a cancer survivor. I'm going to go out and spread the good word. And then psych, you got mold exposure, double psych, and you've got Lyme. I mean, it's like the worst possible trifecta I can think of. So yeah. when did Lyme come in? What is it? You know, what's up with the ticks, the co-infections, like the whole shit. Give me the Lyme breakdown. Yeah, I'll give you my Lyme breakdown. Again, not a, you know, not a medical professional, just a citizen scientist who's been super passionate about this. I think most Lyme patients are the most educated human beings on the planet when it comes to everything you just mentioned. You know, we often go to practitioners and we know more than they do. That's always been my experience. And you know, I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up on a farm. Um, I grew up doing, I grew up doing, um, <laughs> I grew up doing Western rodeo, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time at rodeos with my dad as a kid. Yeah, no, I remember I listened to your first episode and I was like, oh my goodness, I got dragged around rodeos. And we did, my dad was a team roper and really? I, did, yeah, I did like breakaway calf roping, no everything. Way. I mean, now I, I look back and it was fun. It was a great community. Yeah. It was amazing. I love, horses are beautiful animals. I feel in retrospect, I feel bad for like the poor, poor calves that, that grew up. I, I concur. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's, oh, totally. But that was my yeah. experience. And so I was very much like a farm boy. And I can only imagine 
you know, growing up in barns with an old farmhouse and ticks everywhere. And, and I, I've got to imagine that at some point in my childhood that I was exposed. And when I moved to the city to like go after being a professional singer and dancer and Broadway human being, you know, I moved to the city a month after 9-11 and the city was still smoking. I remember driving into Manhattan and it was like fireflies over the city. It was helicopters, you know, just swarming the city. I'll never forget that driving to New York. And I set down my bags and I started like hunting for a job like day one. I think I had $387. And I remember being on the subway and, and going to auditions and looking for work and the energy of the people around that city at that time was, it was so intense. And I would come home from the day of looking for work and I would get in the shower and I would just like cry. I mean, and I didn't tell anybody about it. And I wasn't an outwardly overly emotional person, pretty bottled. You know, we used the term cowboy up when I was a little kid. So I would just have these releases, these emotional releases. And it, and it was actually like the, the symptoms of mold and the pain I, I woke up one morning like that very, very early on. This is in 2001. And I just, I was 23. I ate Advil and endomethacin painkillers just kept escalating until I was diagnosed with cancer. So that inflammatory response, that pattern. And, you know, for me, what Lyme was, was like, my knees felt like watermelons. I couldn't hold a coffee. My hands hurt to like grip a coffee, coffee cup. It was not... It, the onset was not fatigue or any of these other things, but that's what started for me. And so interestingly enough, having all these medical experiences layered on one another, it's sort of like I have discernment so I can know what, I really do understand what's what, what a level of inflammation is, what happens from different surgeries, what chemotherapy feels like. So I would imagine that that emotional trauma was my straw that broke the camel's back. And I think that's what allowed, this is my theory, Lyme to express in my body. Now, I didn't have access to doctors that knew about Lyme in 2001. And I went to a rheumatologist and tested. They couldn't find anything wrong with my blood work, nothing. Because I was sure I had rheumatoid arthritis. And from watching the television, I was like, I just need Celebrex. Because on the Celebrex commercials, there's like 60-year-old men doing cartwheels and squatting little kids over their heads. I want to be able to do that. You know, so I was sure that that's all I needed was a really good anti-inflammatory. It's so funny now to look back. I'm like, that's all I need. And I could not, you know, I couldn't get a doctor to write me a script for Celebrex, unfortunately, or fortunately. And, you know, it wasn't until I went through the cancer and started to have these additional surgeries and that trauma really laid in fatigue. You know, that's where I started to try to walk to the subway and it was, I would make it halfway and turn around and go home. That's where I would hold my shoelaces and, and not be able to tie my shoelaces. And so that's when I started doing digging into the Lyme community. And there's this lab that all Lymeys will know about called IgenX. IgenX Labs is where you send your blood. And if you get a number of bands right in the blood work, you'll get a positive Lyme diagnosis. So that's what I did to learn that I had Lyme. Is that still the gold standard for it's, Lyme testing? It's one of them. You know, there's a company in Germany now. There's a... There's a new test that they're, they're working on. A woman I've had on my podcast, Holly Ahern, who is looking, she's developing an immune signature test 
which will basically say if you've had Lyme, if you've ever had Lyme, how you fought Lyme, what co-infections. So that's that's going to come out soon. I think within the next year, they're you know they're they're working with the um, administrative bodies at B to see how that test comes out and if it's covered under insurance. Right now, the IgenX test at the time was twelve hundred bucks. For me, that was a fortune. I mean, I really wrestled with that. It was like I had no, I had nothing. So I know, and that's just the test, right? It's that's not, the test. <laughs> it's not the treatment because <laughs> then it's like you spend the money. You're like, I think I probably have Lyme. You drop the twelve hundred bucks. It's like, no, you're clean. Great, you know. It's like now what? Because now you're going to have to go do more testing to figure out what it is. Yeah. So you start reading, you know, and you learn that Lyme is just there's there's so many things that cause Lyme. I was listening to. Dr. Rawls talk, who is a very famous herbalist that um, has a protocol. And he talks about that there's 241 microbes in a tick, all that could cause symptoms of Lyme. So, oh, really? So the idea that we know, he's, and basically this keeps coming out that we really don't know. You know, all these vector-borne illnesses that would come from an insect that could give you the same type of symptoms you know, we talk about Borrelia or you hear Bartonella or Rickettsia, all these different families of Lyme and Lyme co-infections, but we really don't know. So I started jumping into this world of, you know, for, for three years, I did antibiotics. You can imagine what that did for my gut. And after that, it was like to the herbal protocols. You know, there's a, a gentleman called Stephen Burner. I did that whole protocol. And then there's the Cowden protocol, which is taking so many like um, microdosing herbs all day, every day. Again, very, very expensive protocols. And then I got into the world of ozone treatment. You know, I saw a guy in New York City who was doing this direct injective ozone therapy, which is a fascinating experience. Um, and, and everything would like move the needle for me a little bit, but then I'd have these, I always would slide back. I could never like hold the sustained improvements. And that's been the big difference over the last two and a half years. Like I've, I feel like I've put together this, this protocol of things where I can finally feel where I'm maintaining my gains. And that was maddening. And that was, Luke, that was like over 10 years of like forward and back and forward and back. And I really, I really did everything. This, the stem cells, the PRP injections, ozone therapy, hyperbaric chambers, liver flushes, gallbladder flushes. I have this stupid list of things. I'd like to see your list and like A, oh. B it with my list. I, and I wasn't even ill. I'm just like, I want to just live my best life, yeah. you know, except for the the EMF like toxicity that I experienced. Yeah. That was the only thing that was a thing, but otherwise yeah. it's just, wow, what an incredible journey. Uh, with, the, with the Lyme bit, you mentioned some of the the co-infections and, and things like that. Um, it seems like it's a tough one to diagnose and also treat, but then even more so perhaps is like, how do you know other than just subjectively not experiencing the symptoms of Lyme that it's gone? Is it ever really gone in someone's? Uh, uh, my belief? I don't think so. I look at Lyme now, having worked with lots of people as, as, a, as, as for, there was a while, as really, really like you, I was helping people. You know, I was taking the experience I had learned and, and helping others like kind of navigate a path as a, as, a, as a functional health coach. And from my experience, it's all, it's, it's this multi-system dysfunction. Like you have, there's so many things. It's never the bacteria. And in my experience, again, it's like, 
Epstein-Barr and IBS and chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And, you know, we could look at that or we could look at blood work. You know, we can see what, why is my body not absorbing iron? And why are my B vitamins so low? Why do I have no neurotransmitters? You know, I think that's the thing that's problematic about the Google button and being uh, type A is you're just going to chase. Like, I remember the discoveries. I was like, oh, I've got Lyme. Now I know what to fix. Oh, I've got Epstein Barr. Now I know what to fix. You know, mercury toxicity, whoo, was always metals. <laughs> so you just, right. you, you just go in the circle. And I think that's where, you know, it, as far as this, I talk about systemic dysfunction and creating a program that supports the whole body. And that's what, that was really important to me. And, it, and it's so, it can be so simple. You know, it's the water you drink, it's the sleep hygiene, it's the home environment, it's the food you eat. I remember walking into a really famous Lyme doctor and I was, I had my whole diet written out, you know, and I had done this really strict ketogenic diet with like no, uh, no carbs and like no non-organic foods and no grains and no lectins. And this doctor just looked at me, he's like, food ain't going to do it for you. Wow. He's like, you're too sick to be healed by food. And it was the first time I was, I was frustrated in the moment, but it was a very, uh, it was a turning point for me. You know, I had to to respect the honesty, right? In his experience, food wasn't going to do it for me. So I had to start looking. um, I had to start asking different questions. So I started to look at this whole system approach and really started to bring things in to my program that we're going to support the system, you know, like you do, like, and, and it's funny because it's not funny. It's resonant and right. That like, there are definitely some amazing lessons I picked up from your podcast, you know, your level of quality with water. It was like, Oh my goodness, there's spring water and there's deuterium and there's structure. And then you can light your water. And there was, you know, there was a level of improvement that happened from that. Uh, the water thing in and of itself, you're right, is a practice. It's a practice. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a practice, but we're 70% water. Yeah. So to not honor That's that That's why I started with that, really. I mean, yeah. and molecularly speaking, we're, I think, 99% water. Molecule per, per yeah. molecule, you know? Yeah, it was like a we very, literally very... are crystalline water beings. Yeah. So that's why I have put so much emphasis on that. Yeah, it's so it's so empowering. And then things like, you know, things like air quality, like the mold exposure to me led me to a different awareness around air quality. I just had to be more aware, you know, so all of these things, all of these lessons, whether it was um, whatever level of dysfunction, it was always leading me to a new level of awareness on how I wanted to design my life. And so, of course, I use the biohacking tools. But at the end of the day, what I keep coming up against is None of the tools, none of the lights or the gadgets or the frequency things are going to allow me to bypass the pain of the human experience, that that's going to show up. The tools help me navigate it in a better way, but it's always coming to this next level of understanding of to be here is to be hurt and to feel grief and sorrow and to feel incredible levels of trauma at moments. And and to sit with that is really hard. You know, it's really, really hard. I think, again, to dovetail, the pandemic, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, Luke, I had this these waves of like dropping to my knees and screaming 
of pain around. I, I had these images of me getting rolled into surgery. I was like, why are you not running the other direction? They're going to cut open your chest. But at the time at 23, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Didn't cry. Maybe a couple tears. Didn't feel much. Just did it. But from all this work and stopping and the world stopping and I'm not around people, I'm not in a cafe, I'm not go, go, go. I had, I like, it caught me and it was palpable and real. And it was like two months, you know, and, and me reaching out to everybody in my circle, EMDR therapists and um, spiritual coaches, my, my really good go-to spiritual coach, um, Kathy Wheelahan and Lori Young, they've run this program called Be Love Now. They do self-guiding spiritual healing principles. Like I had all these people in my network that I was like, I'm deteriorating, you know, and they, luckily I had these resources to help me work through the grief on the other side of it. Um, it's beautiful. Well, that is something I actually wanted to cover and thank you for just naturally taking us there fundamentally underneath all of the different breakdowns we experience physically. And we talked a bit about energy Mm -hmm. is the emotional body, the spiritual body, right? The physiology, I think Mm -hmm. ultimately is downstream from that. And, And you can see this, I think based on, I mean, epigenetics might have something to do with it, but you see someone who really loves their life and doesn't do all the biohacking stuff and remains physically healthy. Yeah. Right. Or maybe someone that hasn't experienced abject physical or emotional trauma, or they've just worked on their attitude enough where they maintain their vitality and some Mm -hmm. degree of longevity. Right. And I have also observed that many people who end up in a position with some of these more nebulous conditions like fibro, Lyme, chronic fatigue, uh, Crohn's disease. I mean, I guess some of them are more diagnosable than others, but those ones that are really hard to fix and are often kind of, you're shooting in the dark, trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Like a lot of the things you've described in your story end up being traced back to unresolved trauma that gets stuck mm. in the tissues, you know? Yeah. So I think that one could buy all the devices, take all the supplements, work with all the fancy doctors, do all the things. But if they're spiritually and emotionally bypassing the inner healing, then the body is not going to be in congruence with the new template or new terrain that's being created through all the physical practices and modalities, right? So it's a a really important thing I think that you're leading us into here is the holistic approach to not just the physical health and thinking that that that's the ultimate goal, Mm -hmm. but rather health of the whole being. And sometimes it takes something like a a COVID lockdown to, you know, stick us in our mm. flat going, oh man, I skipped a few steps. Or, you know, maybe you're so focused on the lowest hanging fruit, which is the physical pain in your joints and the, you know, the the, the pain that you're going through that, of course, you're going to work on that and not be like, hmm, let me think about my childhood, right? It's yeah. like, you don't think about that until you hit another wall. And that's that's been my story the whole way through, you know, um, even mm. though I, I haven't had any of these strange diseases per se, I have had so many emotional and mental health issues throughout the course of my life that I actually started with that and then realized afterward, like, oh man, my body's kind of trash from all the abuse that I gave it early in life. Yeah. And then, you know, that kind of goes in cycles and I'm ending up in this place of, you just have to do all the things, you know? Mm. But the attitude that you were able to maintain through all of this is what really impresses me. 
And I think in addition to your dedication to the physical practices and habits and lifestyle changes is this inherent upbeat attitude that you have. So where did that attitude come from? How have you cultivated that? And what would you recommend to someone who is in your position that's like tried all of the healing techniques and nothing's working and they're perpetually trapped in that negative tailspin of, uh, of emotional pain. Yeah. I think that the first thing is to just validate, like I want to validate to anybody who feels like they have, um, chronic fatigue or Lyme and you can't get up off the couch. That's real. You know, and I, I think that's for a long time. Um, what kept me from moving forward was not being seen or heard. Because with each office that I walked into and that experience wasn't validated, I got more angry and I contracted. And I would, you know, you can, you can own that. You can be that angry guy. You know, you can carry the anger with you all the time and you've got to set that down at some point. And that dysfunction of the mitochondria is real. You know, you get to a certain level of toxicity and yeah, there's no voltage going to your cells. Your little nanomartyrs aren't breaking apart adenosine triphosphate to make energy. Whatever that reason is, is it, it could be very, very real. For me, the, 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 the programming of how I roll with these things is a little DNA for sure. You know, there's something in my soul that is programmed for joy. Even going through chemotherapy, I was having fun with people next to me. You know, <laughs> even, even, oh my God, I remember the nurse, I remember the first shower I had to take like after that surgery where they cut open my chest and, and, I, and it was this beautiful nurse was showering me. And I was like the whole time I'm like, I'm like trying to put out the vibe still. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I look like ET, you know, when ET washed up in the river and he's just all white. You know, I was just a mess. Um, but I was still having like these moments of joy where I was like, um, this beautiful girl. And I'm like, oh yeah, you look like death right now. Um, so I've always been able to find whatever it was, like a little bit of joy in the experience. And I think the older I get, the more I lay into that. And I trust that that that's a good thing, that's a good trait. I think that cultivating that is just for me, it's been slowing down and it's been the really, really simple things like starting my day with a journal and writing. I'm so seriously, I just flew to Austin and like grabbed a hotel and I'm eating out of a grocery store. Like I drove to you like that for me, like for me to sit in that, like this morning, I was like, whoa. You know, I'm going to do a podcast with Luke's story, driving myself. I can go to the bathroom. I can eat any food I want to eat. I mean, what that like the victories in that alone this morning are incredible. And so even to sit with that for five minutes in my journal this morning, it's like it's enough to make you cry. I'm like, I get to live another day, the blessing of life. You know, and for whatever reason, my story was that my soul needed to go through all of those things to get to the spot. I'm grateful for that, even though they were very, very, very painful. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still processing that pain. I can literally feel, I can feel my heart right now, like talking about it all. And it's very raw, um, totally on the brink of tears, but I'm not going to cry on your podcast, but I can feel. I cry on like every other podcast. I can <laughs> feel where it's like, my heart is You'd like. You'd be right in place. 
where what they're like, dude, you just let out a lot of stuff right now. Like take a breath for a minute, you know, and just honor that. So honoring where you've been, taking a moment, taking these moments. I know it sounds so simplistic, but taking moments of gratitude. I think when if my advice to anybody else going through this experience of chronic illness is to is to really see where you can find answers inside yourself. I went for so long for going outside of myself for information and answers. When at the end of the day, most things I do are intuitive. You know, I do a little muscle testing. I'll put my hand on my heart and I'll just, you know, I say, and if I do this little silly exercise where I'll just say, yes, I'll close my eyes. And if I rock forward, that means my yes is I'm forward. I'm leaning into a yes. And if I say no, I'll rock backwards. And I can tell myself like I'm an even keel right there. So I'll ask, I'll literally like pick up food in the grocery store. I'll be like, yes. <laughs> and I'll like fall backwards sometimes. I'm like, oh, you don't need that nut butter. Great. It's not right for you. So I think going, whatever that little experiment is where you use your own body's internal compass to find your true north, that you trust that. Because I find that with a lot of these, you know, in this experience of me working with Ampcoil, working with Ampcoil to make this technology accessible to more people in a better way. I talk to people all week long that have this same story. It's an incredible job. Can you imagine? You're incredibly well suited for it. I, I could, right? I mean, can you imagine talking like literally like uh, 10 to 15 phone calls a week where the, the uh, a parent says, all my children have Lyme and we're all sick and my one child's bedridden and I'm on disability and I have no money. Like you hear this story a lot, right? This gap is ridiculous in, in, the, in this world. It's just crazy. You know, we talk about the anger. I always think about this, the anger, why people rise up and do violent things. It's this gap between this, this unfulfilled promise of your dream life that we thought we were all going to be rock stars and gods in high school. And now we're struggling with these real world problems and we're very angry. And you see this, you hear the story again and again and again. And my advice to people is always, you know, it's, it's not, it's like, oh, you need amp coil. No, maybe. But I want you to, I want you to look at, I, oh, I end up coaching people on the phone. It's terrible. Or offering <laughs> them education. I write down the assets that you have immediate access to, right? When I talk to somebody, I'm like, what are, sim- what are your simple freebies? Grounding, light, clean water, meditation, sleep hygiene. It's like, let's check all those boxes first. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's talk about something to come in and do the heavy lifting with magnetics and frequency, which is awesome. Um, but it's 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 got to come in at the right time. And so when you're building this program and you're looking at this from an outside experience and looking and say, oh, maybe I just need this to get better. I For me, for me, that's always been a failing equation. When I've jumped at something because it was like, oh, this is the, you know, this has got to be the thing to heal me or I'm I'm giving up. You know, I've really got to, it's, it's been framing it in the right way. So understanding all the things you already have empowerment over in your own life, life designed life habits, because the life we've designed isn't necessarily complementary to my nice human energetic biofield here. There's a lot of stuff we do. The 40 hour work week, terrible. Do you know what I mean? They're like they're, if to really sit eight hours, uh, eight hours and just pump a pump and pump on a desk and just the output work. You know, if it's not in alignment or in joy, that's breaking to the human soul. So what I've seen with a lot of these situations and phone calls and everybody who calls into AMP call, not everybody, but a lot of people is that 
you know, it's it's also struggling with with a, a job you don't love, or it's being with a partner who's incredibly not supportive or abusive, or it's being it's it's living in a place where where you just don't feel like you can be alive, or it's having nobody that supports you. There's so many cofactors. So I always, again, I, I'm like, let's make a list of your assets. Let's see what you can build, and then let's talk about you know, what you can bring in as far as technology to do some of the heavy lifting, which it's really simple. For me, it's simple. Like I believe in lights, like, you know, get up and look at that first 45 minutes of light, which I have a tough time doing waking up early. I've tried to get better, but that's why I use red light therapy. You know, the, the mold and the um, toxicity, it's like my body temperature had dropped so much at the end of all this experience, whether it was chemo or Lyme or fibromyalgia or Epstein-Barr, I need to sweat. So for me, like an infrared sauna, and there's varying ways you can do that. You know, you can do, if you have clean water, you can do a really hot Epsom salt bath with a little hydrogen peroxide in the water, non-prescriptive, but I've read that that can be very good at getting a really great sweat and, and, you know, moving that way. It's like simple things like colon health. You know, think about, think about the idea that we're outnumbered 10 to one bacteria to human cells. That's one figure I've read from the interweb. I think that's right. Um, and I think exponentially higher if you consider the viral viral biome. I'm a minority. Freddie's a minority, my human cells. So the idea that I want to eradicate, you know, back to your question, and I knew we'd loop back around, <laughs> the Borrelia or the Lyme or the thing or the infection, I don't, I personally, that doesn't resonate with me. I always think it's like that orchestra where we're going to rebalance the thing that is the disharmony and create beautiful sound again. I, I really do see that to be true. And I think like, we could measure that through brainwaves or voltage or nervous system tone. And I think that's where it's so empowering to think of your body that way, that I'm going to rebalance the whole terrain that's inside using like these naturalistic lifestyle techniques and bring in the biohacking to do the heavy lifting when you really find yourself in, in, a, in a tough place. So that's really been, you know, that's, I've seen this work for a lot of people is like a whole terrain theory, terrain theory, whatever you want to call it. We're looking at programmatics, the monotherapeutics. And that's one big thing that, that we really talk about at Amcoil, our mission. It's like, we don't, it's, it's not a monotherapeutic that is going to get you across the finish line. It's like that whole body lifestyle that's going to make the big shift, especially when you're at that level of dysfunction. Yeah, I think that the uh, balancing of the terrain was something that was a little bit, hard for me to grasp when mm -hmm. I first discovered the amp coil and then started looking at all of the people that had been so successful using it to help them with Lyme. Mm. To me, it was like, okay, so you just, you got to figure out which particular rife frequencies kill the Lyme. <laughs> and then you put this magnet on you and you're killing the bad guys, you know? Yeah. And, and they, Aaron and the folks at amp coil would explain to me, it's like, well, Yes, uh, there there is an element of that with parasites and you know other bugs and mm -hmm. things like that because they you know won't reproduce if they're hit with certain frequencies powerfully enough, et cetera. But mm -hmm. it's more about balancing the biofield mm. and the overall energetics of your body, and that was a little bit difficult for me to kind of grasp at first because you come from this linear. Western germ theory world where there are good guys and bad guys inside of you. You need to get drugs or devices or whatever and kill the bad guys and then you're good to go. 
but it's more of like creating a fertile soil, right? And as we learn about the gut biome, this is definitely true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that part of it is doing that internally and physically. And then the other part of that terrain is kind of what we've been speaking to is the emotional terrain, the kind of thoughts you have. Mm-hmm. And do you have emotional toxicity in the form of trauma that has been left unattended to? And I really yeah. think that a person could do all the things right in the physical realm and never get better if mm. they don't address, especially the childhood trauma. And mm. I know this to be true for myself because I feel, I feel like I'm getting younger all the time. Mm. Like I have more energy. Every metric of my life keeps improving when science says, the science is settled, that I should be getting more lethargic, more tired, worse looking and mm-hmm. in worse shape. You know, like you should just yeah. be, deg- I'm 50. You should be going, you know, in the downward slope now and I'm not mm-hmm. uh, in, in most ways. And I think so much of that has to do with really addressing some of those scary things that I've not wanted to, to dealt with, you know, just mm-hmm. doing the plant medicines, doing every kind of therapy, the EMDR, all the things on that level. Um, I, I almost feel like that's where one should start in a way. Yeah. You know, because because I think that so many people really start working on the emotional, mental, spiritual, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the physical things just end up clearing up almost magically. I mean, you look at the work Joe Dispenza is doing, and he keeps quantifying and refining his model. Going to these events, I've been to two of them, and there are people with these incurable illnesses like we've been discussing, and some of them get healed on the spot. Yeah. At the event, yeah, all they're doing is meditating and moving the energy and connecting with consciousness. Mm. They're not in there taking some magic supplement or plugging in some magic device. Yeah, they're getting in touch with the essence of who and what they really are as a spiritual, energetic, divine expression of consciousness that happens to be in a protoplasmic meat suit that we call a body. <laughs> what are some ways that you would recommend people deal with? more of the deep-seated trauma, you know, beneath just the positive attitude that you obviously carry yourself with. Um, yeah. Have plant medicines been part of your journey? You mentioned EMDR. Like, how do we get into the real nitty-gritty of that stuff we don't want to face that's standing in the way of our health and vitality? Yeah, I've, I've had some profound experience with EMDR. And I really think that's such a safe, non-invasive therapy that if you have a good practitioner... That I, I, for me, that, that's been one of the tops. And, and that's what I did to really work through a lot of the trauma that came up with the pandemic. And I had a wonderful coach and a wonderful guide. And, and I, I saw the moment, this is going to sound so weird to people and what's sound weird to you. I saw the moment and the level of doubt and shame that was my cancer in an in a EMDR session. I saw a lot, the moment I went back to a memory that I unpacked in high school and it was a relationship and my self-worth was so low and I was so, I would have rage and anger and felt terrible and, and I shut it down. And it was like this lightning bolt came down through my head <laughs> and it was amazing because you can do, you can, you can actually do EMDR. We were over Zoom. I wasn't even with this woman. It was the most powerful session I ever. I was screaming like this pain was coming out of me. Um, I, my, my emotional releases tend to be very, very intense. And it was like this ugly, I mean, I call it scrying. 
because that's what it was. But I, I had this moment <laughs> where I saw it. I saw where my body like took a bunch of feelings of shame and self-worth and that I wasn't deserved to, of the full spectrum of the human experience. And I packed it down in my heart. And it, and it was like this moment in the middle of the session where I had a lightning channel to source and I saw it and I like felt it and I took ownership of it and I let it go. And that was it. It was that, it was that profound for me. I mean, I felt incredibly different afterwards. It doesn't mean that there's not work left to do. There will always be layers, but there's this great book I refer to a lot. The body keeps the score and the body is going to put that emotional trauma or shame or baggage somewhere. It might be in a knee. It might be in a testicle. <laughs> it might be in hearing loss. It could be in tinnitus. It could be in anything. But we see these improvements uh, happen in the human energetic field and downstream in the chemical body. Uh, a gentleman I interviewed from Toronto is talking about that his he's went from being legally blind to doubling his field of vision with plant medicine. Wow. Plant medicine, red lights, and peptides. Really? And But he's from each intervention, he has measurable shifts from, from each individual modality. Wow. Open the third eye and it, it helps the other two. Opens the real eye. <laughs> I know. So EMDR has been amazing. Simple things at home that I did was uh, cold exposure. You know, very, very hard for me. I tend to run about a degree lower ever since all my chemotherapy, my body temperature. That's been one thing I really struggled to keep up. And Cold exposure, it, it feel like it hurts me worse, but maybe not. Maybe that's in my head. But man, getting in that tub and neck down in the ice, it just like, boom. But after about 10 minutes, I'm taken to this place of complete bliss. You know, and that stays with me for a while. Crazy, crazy, crazy reduction in pain. I do think you have to be careful if you have bad adrenal dysfunction because ice is a stressor. So be aware of that with Lyme and mold. We often have adrenal dysfunction. Um, because the body's been in this sympathetic dominance for so long, we're never in that relaxed state. So that can be very taxing on the body. Um, so you might start with a minute cold shower. I think that can be profound. Yeah. Other things that have been good is uh, simple and free is emotional freedom tapping. Just tapping on these points all throughout the body and telling myself that I'm okay and I'm good. You know, I'm happy. The last thing I'll mention is I just did this other day with my, again, my spiritual guru, her name's Kathy. We did a feelings and needs workshop, a mini workshop. And basically it was go th going through a workshop where you're saying, you know, you're taking ownership of your own feelings and reactions. Like I'm angry, frustrated, and sad because I'm angry, frustrated, and sad when this happens with person B, because I have the, I have the need to feel validated, honored, and heard, and in flow. Do, uh, do you have you ever done that? I mean, this is a principle that I practice, um, which I just perceive to be taking responsibility for my experience. Yeah, right, and not blaming it on an external person or circumstance. Yeah, it's like that thing in in um, you know, in a conversation. Say you have an argument with your your partner, and it's like, well. You make me feel this. You make me feel that. 
And it's like, no, <laughs> you can't make me feel any way. I can make me feel yeah. some way though. It's that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also just treat, I mean, I use a different kind of, um, uh, it's the same principle, but it kind of, for me, goes back to uh, the fourth step in the 12 steps. Yeah. And when you when you write the fourth step out, you write, okay, I'm pissed at this person because they screwed me over. And then you look at what your part was. Well, I was kind of selfish because I knew I shouldn't have gotten involved with them, but there was something I wanted. So I did anyway, even though I knew that they were out of integrity, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of own your responsibility. And then the last column, you look at what instinct was at play and that's what you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. There was like, you know, your instinct for procreation, safety, uh, social instinct, et cetera. Yeah. And you start to see how the human animal uses the mind to come up with these ideas that gets you into all of these shitty situations. Yeah. And it's a great way to take responsibility for, it's for one. So it's so diffusing. It's, and it's empowering too. When you're like, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to own this. This probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't make the decisions that yeah. I made. And I'm yeah. going to use that and learn. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it was profound. And I think, I think that I, I had this moment where I was like, wow, can you imagine if we all sat down on planet earth? Right. They and, need to make this a rule on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or the way we engage right now in through this socially distant world. If, if, if man, I'm really angry at Luke because um, when we engage in the situation and he uses this word, you know, because I have the need for, you know, and yeah. it's all of a sudden it's about, it's about, I, I have it all. It's all in my container. And I think that's so profound to realize that, that, I have immediate access to healing. I don't need to lobby for it. I don't need to write Congress about any new bills they need to pass. Healing's happening here. Immediately. <laughs> That's badass. It's immediately. Yeah, you don't have to cancel anyone. Nobody. It's just right <laughs> here. It's so profound. And it's really hard work to do. And it believe me, uh, I needed to be ready and open and to a certain level of awareness to be able to, to step through this door. Yeah, You know, and that's part of the, you know, we're all on this, we're all on this path. We're all discovering it at different times. And then we're co-creating reality. Yeah, man. So that's, and, and, and you forget that. You yeah, forget you that do. as we flip this page, you know, I'm the protagonist of my own ever unfolding story, but like, there's lots of other characters in here. And if everybody's out to get you, if everybody's a villain, you know, that's a, that's an incredibly, oh, what a scary story to tell. Right. Right. Yeah. Talk about inflammation. Oh, like constant yeah. fight or flight experience of life when yeah. everyone is perceived as a potential threat or enemy potential. because of the stories we tell ourselves about them. Yeah. The, right? the other thing I want to say about inflammation and just, you know, managing some of the traumas, because I went through the experience of going without for so long, you know, with um, whether it was surgeries, whether it was going through Lyme, th- there were lots of times where digestive symptoms were like with me every day and all day. And because of that, the foods that I could eat were incredibly diminished. So the little that I could use for nutrients was like, it was like my crack. Do you know what I mean? And so looking at that relationship with food for me, even though I was eating health food, you know, I almost got to a place where I was like orthorexic where I was so neurotic about the foods that I was eating, that for sure, in, in retrospect, in hindsight, I, I think that really held me back for a while. I think I was so um, scared to eat a food that would cause a reaction, which it was, 
that I stalled. Um, I kept myself stuck for a while. So programs like Annie Hopper, the DNRS, oh, yeah. or Dr. Gupta, yeah. you know, they both have a similar program. It's really whatever resonates with you. Yeah, and good repatterning stuff. the response of that outside world. But that, I think you've got to take all these experiments in these communities. Well, look at all the people that Ampcoil work for. Great. Checkbox. That's a good one. Look at all the people that DNRS worked for. Great. That's a good one. Look at all the people that were healed from fasting. That's a good one. You know, who, look at the people who committed to nine to 10 hours of sleep as opposed to four, you know, and really started tracking their sleep hygiene. That's so you start to build a program. And to me, it just gets more and more simple. It's like these basic lifestyle <laughs> things, you know, we're talking about, I know we're talking about like frequency and magnetism, but at the end of the day, rubber sold shoes, a car with rubber tires, insulated home. When are you ever outside for long periods of time? Yeah, man. It's super limited. Yeah. yeah. Nature is the answer and it's, it's what we are. Yeah. And you know, when you look at something like the amp coil or any of these amazing technologies, and innovations, uh, to me, all they really are is just taking something that we should inherently be getting from nature and just amplifying it or concentrating it. But mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't need it if it was 20,000 years ago when we were living on the land because the things that we're experiencing like cancer, Lyme disease, whatever, uh, were largely non-existent when we were living our natural life way. And then we took mm -hmm. this crazy left turn into agriculture and industrialism. And mm -hmm. now here we are grasping for something to get us back there. And thank God there are things like this that, that yeah. can do so, you know, and yeah. assist in that. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I love your, I love your approach and the energy that you bring to, to the world. And thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was yeah. uh, a real gift to be able to do it in person. I know we were going to do it when I was in LA over zoom and I was like, ah, let's, Let's wait. Like, there's got to be a time when this lines up, and here we are. Yeah. And uh, welcome to Texas, man. Cool. I love it. Yeah. I'm, look I'm forward excited. to look forward to trying out some of your tasty cooking tonight, mm -hmm. and uh, doing doing the the um, the maiden voyage in the in the new ice bath too. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I just, you know, before we go, I just want to say that uh, it's amazing. I, I think it's amazing. It speaks to like, you know, the platform you put together that, you know, it'd be so easier for you to jump to technology, to technology, to technology with all the things that you're sent. And it's amazing that like this stays in your field is something that like works for you. And through your self-experimentation, like that's what you go on. I think that, you know, this is another question that comes in so easily. It's like, how do I know which one is the best or what machine or what thing do I invest in? And that's, it's all going to be a personal choice. You know, you've really got to, your needs as a biohacker are going to be different than a person going through chronic Lyme, going to be different than a professional baseball player, right? Yeah, totally. They're all going to be different. So I know that's one thing that um, we really is, is like this, you know, and I say we, my family is Ampcoil. I wouldn't be doing this with you with this energy without having met that, that group of people, that circle. And having this be a tool that I'm using to work through levels of spiritual growth. And it's, um, it's awesome, man. I feel, like, I feel like I completed a loop of the circle being here right today. On. It's very right interesting. On. Yeah, Cool. Right on. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I love those folks. And uh, that's why I was excited to have you on. Because they're uh, the Amp Quail folks are very um, 
No, insular, is that the word? Uh, you know, they're, they have discernment. They're not like big marketing, salesy kind of folks. It really yeah. is kind of a family thing in the community of people that own them and people share devices amongst their community and with their mm -hmm. family members. And it's, I don't know, it's a much different thing than like a, a PMF machine that's going to fix your sprained yeah. ankle or something. You know it's what just, I mean? It's, like it's different and it's yeah. community and we, we, there isn't a, there's not, there's not really a store. You know, we have right. a headquarters, but there's, you can't go like in a store and buy an amp coil. You know, you call amp coil and you find an owner around the country and all our owners that, that do, that have that, that people that buy the machine and they invest and they're like, I want to be an ambassador. This thing would change my life. And so we literally will hook people up with people around the country in their homes. Yeah, that's what happened you with know, me. That's, that's the jam. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. the, the model is to, sh is to share what was resonant for you, you know? So yeah. that's the jam. Very cool. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, thanks for coming out. Great to get to meet you in person. Yeah, man. Namaste. Man, what an incredible story, right? It's so impressive to me to meet people that have been faced with such adversity and have not only found the mental, emotional, and spiritual, and physical for that matter, fortitude to overcome these challenges, but also to share the lessons learned along the way with listeners like you and hosts like me. Man, Freddie is truly an impressive cat and uh, I'm grateful to call him a friend. I'm also grateful that you had the opportunity to drop in on this conversation and let it be uh, a guide for you or anyone you know that is challenged by issues and problems with their physical bodies. These bodies are so incredible, but they're also so fragile and modern lifestyle that we've been led to live is unfortunately at times quite destructive, but there is always a way to prevail and to overcome. I truly believe that the body has its own blueprint for perfect health and vitality. And it's just a matter of us getting out of the way and uh, to cut the body off from the things that are harming it as much as possible. I mean, you can't be perfect. And then to give the body the inputs and nutrients and energies and technologies that it requires and is crying for in some cases in order to heal and to be whole and complete. And our guest, Freddie, is someone who has made his life's work just that. So thank you again so much for joining us. If you're curious about uh, the product we discussed in this episode called the Amp Coil, as I mentioned in the intro, Freddie's been able to work out a discount for the listeners, which is quite rare in the case of Amp Coil. They're not really a discount code kind of company. It's pretty expensive technology and one that is generally reserved for people who are uh, either in a position to optimize their self and have um, disposable income or people that are ill and um, in dire need of help or, of course, practitioners that work with people uh, on an ongoing basis. So the discount is $250, which will just be applied automatically in the cart if you go to myampcoil.com slash loop dash story. And that, of course, will be in the show notes and totally clickable. Next week's episode is insanely cool. And I know I say that about every episode. Of course, I'm biased because I get excited about each new episode as they come in. In fact, people often ask me, what was your favorite episode, and it's usually the most recent. However, in this particular case, I have to say, I'm going to remove myself from my myopic 
point of view and say that next week's show, man, I mean, it just left such an impact on me. And this, of course, is not to take away from the conversation with Freddie uh, by any stretch, but this was a really unexpected experience. And I'm talking about next week's show with Boyd Vardy. It's called A Lion Tracker's Inner Journey of Awakening and Inspiration. And this guy has led a wild life. Uh, No pun intended, he's spent a lot of his time since childhood with wildlife in South Africa and has worked with uh, many of the tribes there and the animals there and just really immersed himself into the natural environment and has a relationship with nature that is uncanny. I mean, I can't think of anyone apart from or personally that I know, apart from perhaps my friend Daniel Vitalis, who kind of got immersed in the lifestyle of a hunter-gatherer later in life, but Boyd's been living this thing the whole time. And uh, he has managed to take the lessons learned from the landscape and create a framework for each of our own personal evolution. And it is just incredible. I mean, I was blown away. So please... Don't miss next week's episode with Boyd Vardy for your own good. I mean, I don't really need you to listen to it. You know, I don't, I don't need anything from you really, truly, but uh, I'm just telling you, trust your old pal Luke and uh, tune in next week. If you never listen to another episode of this show again, maybe you're someone that's new and you're like, this one was cool. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Just stick around for one more. Trust me. It's going to be a good one. I'd also like to let you know that uh, all of the different products and books and online courses and any references made to anything that one can go purchase in their life to improve their health, vitality, longevity, etc. can always be found at lukestory.com slash store. That's an easy one-stop shop where all of the things that I've discovered in the past two plus decades of my own journey in health and wellness can be found. So anything really that I discover in the world, whether it's the Organifi green powder, whether it's the inside tracker uh, testing service to optimize your uh, lab work, or actually discover your lab work, then optimize what you find, or perhaps the juve.com red light therapy, you know, all of this stuff that is just sitting around my house on any given day, honestly, which took actually a long time to not only learn about and study, but of course to amass all of these things is is not cheap. But I'm not someone that goes and buys a new car and a giant uh, big screen TV every year. I just keep reinvesting in myself and my own health and everything that I find that I think is of value to not only myself, but potentially to others, I just house on my store. And one of the cool things about lukestory.com slash store is that it uh, helps to support the podcast because in some cases, not all, but many cases, I should say, uh, there is a small affiliate commission paid to yours truly over at Luke Story Inc., the uh, the growing entity that this is. Uh, and additionally, the brands there are pretty much required to offer a discount to you as the visitor to the site or a listener of the show. I think there are very few products on there that don't offer exclusive discounts. So that's good for you. And honestly, not everyone is into doing the research and, you know, taking something like red light therapy and really pulling it apart and figuring out who's doing it the best. And that's something that I am good at, I would humbly claim, and also something that I just really enjoy. I'm just passionate about uh, products and health and wellness. And so many of the things I've used over the years have kind of fallen to the wayside because after some time, I'm not really 
um, experiencing the efficacy or effects in any noticeable or discernible way. So just know if you find anything over at my site, uh, it's something that I'm either using right now or I've used in the recent past and found to be extremely useful. In fact, every couple months I go on the site and delete things that I don't know, I just kind of get bored of uh, or I don't think that they really pack the punch that I hope they did. So I'm always updating the site. And when I discover something new, it gets thrown on the store. And there, again, you will find a link out to each specific brand, as well as uh, those discount codes and some information. And in many cases, I'll even write something or do a video about a certain product to help educate the visitors to the site and also just to support the companies that I believe in and work with. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, right? You go into Whole Foods and walk down the vitamin aisle and it's just like, which one of these works? Which one is free of toxins? You know, which one's actually going to make a positive impact on my life? And it takes a bit of work to sort through that because thankfully uh, the health and wellness industry is becoming a huge industry. And that's of course great because uh, more of us get access to some incredible products that are really supportive to our well-being. But the downside of that is there's a lot of noise and sometimes you have to really weed through the swag to get to the chronic, if you know what I'm saying. You weed smokers out there, you know that language. I don't know why I just said that, but I did. I don't even smoke weed, but I used to back in the day, trust me. I was on par with a, with a Bob Marley kind of situation. But now it's all about clean living, folks. And uh, that clean living, again, can be found at lukestory.com slash store. And that is my end of the show commercial, folks. Thank you so much for bearing with me. And um, these conversations at the end of the conversations are really where the uh, rubber meets the road in terms of keeping this thing going for as a, a matter of uh, fact. I'm now recording on a brand new fancy microphone and a mic stand that works uh, much better than the one I had here at my home studio. So I'm always making updates to the cameras, the editing, uh, the graphic design, extensive show notes, all these things. So I'm really big on reinvesting the revenue from this podcast back into the production of the podcast and other content that I create. So know that these commercials at the end are not only necessary, but are ultimately going to serve you if you enjoy the continued uh, consumption of the content that your old pal Luke puts out in the world. And with that said, I will leave you. And don't forget to tune in next Tuesday with Boyd Vardy, the Lion Tracker. 